clouds my retirement from sports. Baseball, basketball, all of them. I feel like it's time. The pressure that it takes to play at my age is just too much. So I'm done with the endless advice from parents to keep my head up, to keep my head down, to keep my head in the game. I know you think you helped. I'm walking away from the coaches that left me on the bench every time the game was on the line. I'll miss my friends and the fun we had when we were young. I said I'd play this game as long as I was having fun. And now, it's time to call it quits. Any questions? Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Champion, along with Lakers legend Kobe Bryant. So, Kobe, we just saw that latest public service announcement highlighting the facts that many kids retiring from sports, they need not do that. So why is it so important that kids stay with sports? Well, it, it teaches you a lot of valuable lessons. Okay. You know, aside from, you know, the, the, the physical, you know, being fit, and aside from, like, the mental health benefits that you get from playing sports, there's also an emotional component, too. I mean, yeah. sports is the greatest metaphor we have for life, you know, and teaching you things like how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with, um, uh, uh, you know, communicating with each other, leadership, performing yeah. under pressure, all those very, very valuable lessons. Okay, so tell me about your involvement with Project Play. Well, something I really became passionate about because of their mission of how do you make the game more engaging? How do you enable kids to play? You know, we live in an environment now where everything is extremely structured for children. And sports used to be something that kids go out and do for fun. Yeah. But now it's become so regimented uh, where parents are starting to kind of inject their own experiences or past failures, if you will, onto their children. And it just takes the fun out of it. Fun out of it. What is this? A crossover episode? When y'all were growing up, what kind of retarded games did y'all play as kids? Like, I grew up in the hood at my grandma's house, and we used to play this game called Drive-By. And, like, any time a car would come down the road, you know, you'd hide. But the fucked up part about it was actual drive-bys did happen on the road. So, like, we knew it was, it was practicing for real life. It was like a drill. What kind of retarded shit did y'all play? Well, OJ, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I, I used to be over at my cousin's house, and they used to play a game called Running Man where the man would be on a go-kart driving and you would be running and he would try to run you over literally with a go-kart. And there were a few broken legs in, in this game. Damn. Wow. I mean, uh, with Sean there, we, we, we used to nigga knock. And I, when I think about nigga knocking, Sean, that shit could have got a shot. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, shit yeah. is annoying as fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't have to even go into what nigga knocking was, but that shit, when I think about it, I was like, damn, we used to actually just trespass <laughs> and then disrupt somebody's sleep, possibly, disrupt somebody's dinner. Like, we, it was fucked up, man. And, and run. I, and run. The adrenaline rush was fun, but that was fucked up because we wouldn't be considerate of the fact that, I mean, this is somebody's home. Like, we don't know what was going on in there. Then around Christmas time, we would walk around the neighborhood and just basically unplug people's Christmas lights yep. and shit. Yep. Take bulbs out and shit to where they wouldn't light up. Yep. You know? Just damn. <laughs> just whole ass shit all around. I mean, last day of school, last day of school, bro. If you if you was we had the eggs, bro. We was egging cars. Like that shit. When we think about this shit, it's fucked up because it used to be hot as fuck. We had the frozen pears before school. Oh, before school. Frozen pears. Yeah, before school. Throwing them at each other. Uh huh. <laughs> 
You asked the question, bro. It's like, you want to start off the episode like this. Hey, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries podcast. It meets the one we feel like it podcast where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings and we broadcast whenever the fuck we feel like it. It's Jay. It's Welly. It's Sean. Please rate, review us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Whatever it is that you do on Spotify, please go and do that. Still and as you know. can, huh? I said we still don't know. I still don't know. I just like the interface on Spotify. It looks cool. It is. Or I might just be too tired of seeing the Apple interface. But I know, right? That know. shit is buggy, though. That should be turning off randomly and shit. And Spotify? Yeah, yeah. I've had Spotify, like, I'll be in the middle of a podcast, and I'll, like, close the app, and I'll go back, and it's like, I don't know where you was at. You yeah. got to start from trash. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Interesting. I mean to cut you off, though, man. Nothing. You know, I, I at one point in time, I was trying to integrate all my podcasts listening to one platform. Where I could just get everything delivered in that one app, it didn't work. How are you going to go about doing that? You, know, I mean, most like like us, we're across platforms. So I was trying to see everything that I listened to if I could get it on one platform. And Spotify was working for a point, but then it was like a couple of podcasts that I do listen to that aren't on Spotify, so I started fucking it up. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. That was kind of a laziness thing for you, right? You were just being lazy. I was trying to be efficient. Uh, working on my efficiency ratio. Interesting. I like the way you kind of matured your way out of the laziness. Yeah, yeah. Type. Like I, I, I put all my apps in the in the folder groupings now. I'm one of those people now. I used to just have them randomly out there, and I just search them real quick. Hmm. But I was like, all right, this is shopping. This is finance. This is social media. You know. I would. I, I think it's fair to say there's different levels of OCD in here. Sean being the highest. <laughs> you I being don't know, the, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Jay might got me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you do have some OCD issues. I, I do have a couple issues. Yeah. Wow. But um, my yeah, shit man. is all style oriented. I don't really have like OCD. I got like, I don't know. See, it went from efficient to lazy, <laughs> lazy to efficient. It went from OCD <laughs> to style oriented. I love it. I love it. That yeah. once again, it's different levels of it. Very true. Very true. But hey, man, you know it's. As always, it's been an interesting week in the United States of America. I know, I know, um, we in America aren't aren't really at our finest moments right now. I really do feel like if you look back, like when I look back in history books growing up in social studies, I feel like there was really the only moment <laughs> that was kind of like groundbreaking probably was the '60s. Like they really glossed over the '80s when we was in school. Like, I don't really remember much about the Reagan era when I was in school. Like, they glossed over the fact that, because that's what they used to do. Instead of, like, having a lot of focus on the terror that was done to black people, they glossed over it. Like, it literally went from, like, trail of tears to talking about, like, you know, Lincoln and then talking about some shit that with JFK. And then it never, they never really got in specifics. Like, once again... Our era was more uh, along the lines of hiding shit from us, but now with social media, like you can't really hide shit from these kids now. I'm pretty sure teachers be in the classroom these days, and uh, a little badass kid just raises his hand and just be like, "Hey, so you ain't gonna talk about what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King got his ass beat at that diner?" Like <laughs> these kids know this shit already. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, so what about the '60s? Uh, was most appealing to you? That you talking about? They talked about JFK a lot, and that was something that always interested me. And when I was young, but unfortunately, I had to go to the library and then go through the fucking index to find shit. And I really just that's kind of what you know 
started the conspiracy theory shit and kind of, you know, to me, introduced me to like serial killers, um, all the assassination attempts, all that shit was intriguing to me. And that was just because when I was, I was in school, I would get in trouble a lot. And then I would be forced to like read this shit. And I was one of those people that never really just cared about dates. Like they used to try to put so much fucking emphasis on 1776 or some shit. Like I didn't give a fuck about learning these dates. I learned them because I didn't want to fail. But I felt like that shit was unimportant. Like I don't give a fuck about the date. Let's talk about the shit that's going on on this date. Like what really happened? Like they just wanted you to memorize names, memorize dates. What about these names? What about this date? And they were real good about being, how do I say, vague as fuck. A lot of the history we learned, well, I learned was vague. Pretty sure it was vague for you, too. Hell, yeah. The, the shit they fed to us, yeah. Uh, like, like you, you started with Trail of Tears. I don't remember anything about Trail of Tears. Like, I remember they say, hey, y'all niggas were slaves. Then we integrated y'all niggas. And now y'all niggas still struggling. Like, there, there's no, there's huge gaps. And, and even to this point, like... Black history, they seem like they just stopped with Martin Luther King and MLK. Like, we haven't heard Martin Luther King and MLK, that's the same person. Uh, Malcolm Boy, X. Boy, you drunk? <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> wow. But that, that, it seems like that's where it stops. Like, you didn't hear anything about, you know, hell, even Rodney King. Like, you didn't hear nothing about Rodney King and, and how that led to the L.A. riots. Like, you know, they don't update the history books. They ain't tell us shit about Black Wall Street. They glossed over it, man. Nothing about Black Wall Street. I mean, I, learned, I honestly... When I didn't I didn't really once again I kind of like I said I was kind of like stuck on the 60s I didn't really start paying attention about shit that happened like in the 90s until I got to um, US history in college and I had a um I had a professor named Mr. Lynch it was funny because when you called him Lynch he get pissed off but um for obvious reasons he was one of those people that just didn't want to be looked at as racist but I'm pretty sure he was racist at one point in his life if that makes sense. I believe everybody's racist at one point in their yeah, exactly. life. Exactly. I mean, some people come to an awakening, but some people could be very annoying with it. But yeah, I mean, in his class, he broke it down by, you know, by chapters. I mean, obviously we started with, you know, he was one of the first people that said, you know, hey, Columbus didn't land here. I didn't know that until I was like 22, 21. And then, um, you know, he was one of the first people that basically told me, you know, hey, Lincoln was pretty racist, but his main purpose for, you know, doing what he did was to ease the tensions. Like, he wanted to be the first person to be known as the guy that kind of united America. And then I kind of, you know, started learning about shit about um, the Jim Crow era. And then, you know, we I, I learned, you know, a little bit, because that was like early 2000. He gave me more insight on the impeachment of Bill Clinton and how it went wrong. You know, talked about Nixon. Because, you know, growing up, I would always see movies about, you know, I am not a crook. And like people would make people would say that shit, but what does that mean? I had no idea why Richard Nixon, why Richard Nixon said I'm not a crook. There are people walking around that have no idea why he said it, which is fucking amazing. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's where I was at. But you know, with that being said, I mean, I I've always kind of looked at that and I always realized like, there, no matter what. The people that are in control of giving you the information are always only going to give you what they want to give you. It's just unfortunate. Well, it's unfortunate for them now that we have the dark web. We find what we want to find. And you learned that when you got on Reddit. Bruh. Yeah. I could find everything that I didn't want to find on Reddit. <laughs> Bruh. That's a different reason. Simple terms just go completely left. And I, th and I looked at Reddit like kind of like a YouTube thing. Like I could get on here and find some how-to stuff. 
<laughs> and then I found out how to. How to ass <laughs> yeah, I found out some how to stuff I didn't want to know how to. How to shoot a school? That that's it, bro. You find manifestos, bro. I seen like somebody designed a video game of a school shooting. I seen that shit. Yeah, the, the and Call, that was just on like Call of Duty. That was just like on popular page. It's. I, I think the uh, after watching Mr. Robot, it, I haven't finished it, but I've you know gotten to Mr. Robot. It's one of those shows that I just watch periodically. But after watching that, it shows you how weak the internet really is. Like you really want to believe that the internet is this place that you know you can do this and you can be protected. You could do this. And, no, you're never really safe on the internet. You probably fuck around and accidentally give your information to somebody by accident. You know, like literally by accident, give a nigga your whole credit card number and you don't even know it. You just. It's just fortunate the other nigga that he just don't want your credit card number or you just broke and you're like, yeah, that was <laughs> they checked already. <laughs> like, nah, got this nigga here. This nigga's struggling. I ain't gonna rob. I ain't gonna take him for what he got. But yeah, I mean, that that brings me to the point. Well, when I see shit going on in the news, like I see shit going on in the news, I always tell people like, hey man, I want to, you know, I, I want to know the full story because with the history that I was taught growing up, I never got the full story. So, I see shit. I've been seeing shit about the NFL for years now. Obviously, I think, when I think about it, I feel like the Kaepernick kneeling situation, to me, was something that was just paid attention to and it got it became mainstream. I've always been in the background saying, I'm kind of mad that Tebow's kneeling. I mean, Tebow's, you know, doing the Tebow never really got the recognition it deserved because I kind of feel like it's fucked up because Tim Tebow was literally doing something that was actually positive and he wasn't disrespecting anything or anybody. What was he doing again? I mean, he was just kneeling in the, he was just kneeling and praying and they start calling it Tebowing. And it was, you know, it was basically his celebration. And in so many ways, people don't realize it, but that got him blackballed from the NFL because the NFL never wanted to make it to where, um, it was a Christian thing. Like the NFL wants to, because when people think Christian, people think anti-homophobic. Like they, they just, oh, homophobic. Like that's, that's the first thing they think. And around that time, I want to say, um, what's his name? Michael Sam? The gay dude? The yeah. NBA player? Uh, that's the, 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 oh yeah, that was uh, what, Jason Collins? Oh, yeah, yeah, Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Collins, yeah, that was it. But see, around that time, which is about 2011, 2010, 2012, somewhere in that era, like people started trying to really integrate that the, you know the pot. You know we're we're accepting of the homosexuals. So at the same time, when they're trying to integrate that, they got this guy over here kneeling and bringing it to the forefront that hey, you know I'm a Christian and I have strong Christian values. Blah blah. And once again, he was literally just plain, right? <laughs> and they start trying to find every way imaginable to say he's not a quarterback, although he beat the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, damn near single handedly on a slant. Come on, bro. Like seriously. Like, he not and oh, he shouldn't be a quarterback. Blah blah. I'm like, all right, whatever. I get that he got black blackballed because they say, oh, he's not a good quarterback, and he may not have been a good quarterback. But it was a lot more out there then, and there's a lot more out there now that are too trash. Dog. That I would definitely pick Tim Tebow over. Man, fuck being a quarterback. Let's just talk about the fact that he probably is one of the top athletes. Collegiate athletes of all time Like the motherfucker You see him now Motherfucker still built like a fullback You know what I'm saying Like come on Like let's just be realistic 
people, you 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 have him in the NFL that you go draft Johnny Manziel like he's about to be the next up and coming. Like really, like this dude is Johnny Manziel times three. Like seriously, but my point is, I, I've realized that it's funny how you know everything's a moment. That's pretty much what it's all. That's all it is. It's a moment, you know. And I remember when the Tebow scandal was a, a big thing, but now it's just a moment. And then, you know, we fast forward years later, and now we got Kaepernick kneeling, and it's to bring attention to police brutality. And if you've listened to our show, uh, I've always been along the lines of saying, you know, I don't hate what Cap doing, but it ain't going to change anything. Yeah, you bring awareness, and I've talked about this before, with the semicolon on the wrist. Like, I can bring awareness to a lot of things. What's the next move? What you finna do next? You know, um, I remember you were on your show, you were talking about the settlement that he had with the NFL. Do you know? I, don't, I never really researched the settlement, don't know much about it, but what was the settlement about? Really, it was about collusion. and It was basically like a, a wrongful termination settlement, really, the way I looked at it. Did Tebow get that? No, I don't think he filed a lawsuit at all. Okay, so so you so he so basically Kaepernick followed a lawsuit saying, "I have a right to be employed, and the reason I got fired was because I was doing something I believe in." There is proof with emails and the owners colluding together, saying to keep him out the league and all that type of stuff. And and they felt basically he was a distraction. Okay. Basically, yeah. And the one thing I found interesting about that is. I real I came into some facts about how a lot of these NFL owners are are huge Trump Trump supporters supporters. They a lot of them donated to Trump's campaign as well. Mm-hmm. And I a lot a lot of the wealthy white are Republicans, so it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. A, a lot of, let, let me let me a lot of the wealthy a lot of the wealthy right wing conservatives tend to be how do I say um they t- they tend they send they tend to come from a certain type of money. Because let's be honest, on the other side, there's there's motherfucking money. When you talk about Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, you talk about Tesla, you talk about even Steve Jobs. Like a lot of them motherfuckers are are you know atheists, and they come from a more liberal democratic background, and they're the ones that pretty much control the media. Like a lot of the shit that they say goes. So yeah, right wing conservatives come from a certain type of money, but the reality is, it is a lot of money on the liberal side or democratic side too. Like it's a whole lot of money. Remember, it's the type of money that gets you off in prison when you're in a fucking maximum security suicide watch. Like, that's 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 real money right there. That a lot of times, beat them Democrats with that tech money, bro. Remember, information is the most valuable asset right now, and honestly, that's mostly owned by by Democrats and liberals. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's kind of you know that's how I see it. I mean, you you have your Chick Fil A's, but come on, like Starbucks was holding for a long time, and that's definitely more Democratic. But um, so he got this. So Cap got this uh settlement, and I kind of feel like the cause kind of got lost. Like, all right, because I mean, have have you stopped? Did you ever stop watching NFL? No, I didn't. I didn't stop. I mean, Sean, you're not really an NFL watcher, but I haven't watched the NFL in over ten years, damn near. <laughs> I would say. Was that Brady's first ring? Golly! I haven't watched the game since like Devin Hester was going crazy, bro. That's about it. That nigga was the fucking truth, bro. Yes, that was a, that was a, he's a cheat code. <laughs> you can't play with him, bro. Speaking of cheat code, R.I.P. Uh, Cedric Benson, man. And I, 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 I remember my first year in high school. Like I actually was a, 
cool with this dude that obsessed over him and wanted to be a running back just like him. And, yeah, long story short, that was pretty crazy just, you know, growing up and seeing that and then seeing what he became. And it's funny because I can actually tie that into what I was saying because it's a lot of people that kind of feel like the NFL is almost like a um, a, a camp for, like, black kids to pretty much come through. And, and, yeah, they make money, but in the long run, they ruin their lives. And um, it's a lot of people out there that feel like it's more of a um, – it's a lot of people out there that feel like the, the link between CTE and race is a uh, – being um, brushed over too because they kind of feel like when you look at the positions that are more likely to be harmed due to, you know, the high impact positions is mostly black and the, the positions that are protected the most are whites, like the quarterback, the kickers, you know, mm-hmm. the, those tend to be the white players. They, they actually said it's about, I want to say out of 1700, it's a probably like the, the, the high impact or 1200 minority. And, um, so they basically, it's a lot of people out there that feel like the main reason to advocate against the NFL would be off that alone, not even the Kaepernick situation. So, honestly, obviously, I bring all this up to say, you know, you're a big Jay-Z fan. So, yes, yes, I am. I know they can't hear me nod my head, but yes. yes yeah, so after all that, you know, we know that we live in a country that's notorious for taking advantage of the moment, exploiting the moment, doing shit like that. I mean, what do you feel Jay-Z is doing, like, at this moment when he's saying, you know, hey, everybody's heard the interview by now. He basically says some long lines like, you know, basically what I said, I mean, the kneeling is done. Uh, it's time to move on. How do you feel about it? Like, how did that hit you? To me, uh, me and Sean was even talking about this before we started recording. Um, no, I'm not counseling Jay-Z, first and foremost. Yeah, cancel culture. I, I, do, have, I do have mixed feelings about it because... You know, I seen the interview where he's like you said, you know, hey, kneeling's is we we knew why he was kneeling. All right, now it's time to move forward. My first thought is like, okay, yeah, we knew why he was kneeling. He was kneeling for police brutality to bring attention to it. What can the NFL do to eliminate police brutality? What could they ever have done? Nothing at all. He used his platform to bring attention to a situation. I get that. Mm-hmm. Second thought that comes to it. Eric Reed said, you know, oh, Jay-Z is, is despicable for that. He he knew Cap was doing this and everything, and, and then he decides to enter this partnership. He's despicable. Eric Reed, you're standing in the locker room of the Carolina Panthers, who you are employed for, who is a team in the National Football League. You're literally the pot calling the kettle black. And what is Eric Reed's position again? What does he do, you know? Was he a safety? I, I have no safety idea. Cornerback. I was just telling it for the listeners in case they don't know. Yeah. Safety I damn cornerback. sure don't know. Somebody. Yeah, me, me, Somebody. I'm not yeah, yeah. I don't know either. He, he, he plays defense, I think. Yeah. All right. But it's kind of like, okay, so I got to cancel you out because you're basically being hypocritical. Man, he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't do anything. But you here because they they signing, you know, cutting you a check. And like I've been looking at Lil Duval's um, Twitter post. Hey, if you found out Beyonce was supporting Trump backdoor, y'all canceling Beyonce. If you find out that your boss was going to vote for Trump, are you are you going to quit your job? I can't base my actions on the actions of somebody else. Now, with Jay-Z taking this this partnership, I'm looking at it. I was like, OK, what are you going to do with it? That's my question, because like when they was, oh, we need to cancel Kanye West. We need to cancel Kim Kardashian for having meetings with the president. I even said on one of our shows, if I have the, the opportunity to meet with the highest authority in the land, I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm not going to say, nah, I don't fuck with you. When Kim Kardashian is trying to get, get people out of prison and stuff, yeah, you go meet with that person that can do get that done. 
you trying to make change in the NFL and you say they got this guy blacklisted, you trying to get him in the league, like you're doing a lot for one person who hasn't said anything since he got that check. So it's a lot of mixed feelings to me about that. Do I think he's wrong for, for doing that partnership with the NFL? No, I don't, I don't think he's wrong. Do I think the optics look bad? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Optics, yeah. Optics. I mean, so at this point, you're kind of seeing what Jay-Z's character is. I mean, we, we you know, we kind of get the person. Me, personally. I mean, but are we seeing what his character is at this point? Because you see stuff trickle out. Hey, when Lil Wayne was having tax problems, Jay-Z paid his, his taxes. I've, Jay-Z started. I've always seen who his character was, personally. From a, from a standpoint of how he does business, I mean, Jay-Z has always exploited the game. But, but even with that, Jay-Z shot his brother. <laughs> he stabbed un. Dude. He stabbed un over some records. <laughs> Said he was talking too reckless. Hey, the Wayne thing, though, know, I look at he that. He also as, cheated on Beyonce. But go ahead. I look at that as a way for him to get Wayne on Rock Nation. Like I paid your tax, I looked out for you. Same thing he did with Nipsey Hussle. Like he bought like a hundred um, of his albums that was oh that hundred dollar album, and it was probably a ploy to get him on Rock Nation or some sort of deal or you know. Jay Z, as we all know, is a consummate businessman. He's always looking to catapult himself into the best position available. Whether it's the best thing for other people or not, he he's gonna put himself in position. I, I I've always said this about Jay. Um, I've always said this about a lot of successful people. One, I think the whole situation is funny because I feel like this is a prime example. I've talked about this show on the show a lot. We as common folk black americans especially we put too much stake in what these billionaires and millionaires are doing i i'm a firm believer in they don't care about us bottom bottom line i I don't think they care about us at all i don't i don't give jay the excuse of being a businessman but yes that is what he is but i also feel like he's he's the master of exploitation like him you know he's to me i don't look at him any different from from diddy like do i like jay's music yeah but at the end of the day if you look at his music like why would you expect anything else from a guy that got rich off rapping about selling crack? Like, would you have to ask yourself that question? Like, okay, like you said, he shot his brother, stabbed done, cheated on Beyonce, pretty much made a made a career off of bragging about selling drugs and getting away with it. Left Dame Dash, the person who created a record label for you to have a deal because but you finessed Dame out of that else. record label, Bruh, And I once again, I sit here and I ask, like, is everybody just looking at? the persona of Jay and not realizing like, this is who Jay is. Like, why wouldn't Jay take this partnership? I mean, what is this partnership going to do for the black community in general? Nothing. Does this partnership with title do anything for the black community? What it provided you quicker access to Beyonce's music. What about Ace of Spades that you probably can't afford? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just Ace of Spades is $300 a bottle in the liquor store. Probably 1300 at the club. My nigga. And what about the 4040 club that a lot of us probably have never attended? Speak for yourself. Oh, my bad. My bad, big baller. <laughs> I slid through 4040 like 14, B. Come on oh, now. Okay, okay. Come on now. Okay, okay. Popping bottles? No, nah, I ain't popping bottles. Oh, okay, okay. We did have some badass coupons. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I, my point is, Jay is Jay. Jay is gonna Jay, bro. Like, his partnership doesn't really mean anything to me. And as far as the optics go, when you're a rich black billionaire as the black community likes to you know tote him as you could do anything you want jay can literally come into a place slap your mother and walk out and a lot of people wouldn't do anything about it because he's jay-z 
I don't think he's a billionaire, but that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, yeah. Ahead. I mean, and that's that's also an argument because a lot of people say that. There's yeah. a big difference between net worth and assets. Definitely. Definitely. But he got the, don't he got the Warhols on the wall? There's a big difference between <laughs> net worth and assets. <laughs> him, him and Beyonce combined can do what, what, what most billionaires can do, and that's pretty much anything they want to do. That's all I'm saying. Like when you have once again, when you have a billion dollars, what is it that you want to do that you can't do? That's what I was thinking. Does it really take a billion to do what you want to do? Just saying. And and once and I'm just pointing out the fact that we as common folk obsess. It's almost like when I go back and watch the movie Gladiator. Like literally, it's a it's it's a bunch of people in a in a, in a coliseum watching a, 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 these poor people basically. For, it's for entertainment. Like. That's what they're doing, and I, and I kind of feel like it's almost like the reverse for us. Like we're we're just the poor, and we literally laugh and and how do I say, pay people to pretty much laugh about our lives. Like once again, Jay Z is a one in a million type thing. He he pretty much made his career off of selling crack and blah blah. All right, it's a lot of niggas that we grew up with that's in jail for that shit, and they probably listen to Jay Z's music. So once again, the shit that he bragged about, the shit that he exploit, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. And with that being said, this is the same guy that's part is a partnership in a situation where a lot of dudes are get are struggling or how do I say this? Their parents are investing their whole lives into sending their child to the NFL just for their kid to go to the NFL for six or seven years, leave with CTE, you know, possibly you know, commit suicide, kill himself. Because Cedric Benson had problems. You know, you you go look at his arrest records, and you look at you know what he was from Midland Lee to damn near Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers. Like, I guarantee you, there was something wrong with him. No, go ahead. Nah, I was just having a flashback. Like, oh yeah, that's that motherfucker. That oh yeah, Midland. Him. Yeah. Oh, see, sure no, <laughs> sure no. Motherfucker was a cheat code, bro. He was a cheat code. Like he was a fucking beast. And then look, he died at thirty six on a motorcycle. Like our high school played them in the state championship, and he <laughs> destroyed a grown man playing with boys. Basically, and we had some big motherfuckers on our team. We they stayed in our neighborhood. Bro. We had some all American type cats. Yeah, I mean they were. Yeah, and Benson was. He did what he wanted. Three years in a row, the nigga was a beast, bro. And you gotta think about that shit. That's probably what his whole life was invested in. And it's a lot of black parents right now that's basically say, seeing shit like that, and they they know the risk of of man, a lot of a lot of parents are are but are, are, you know they're they're waking up, they're realizing like hey you know I don't want my son to do that shit. I'd rather my son play basketball, soccer, whatever, you know. Although every sport that you play in, for and if, you, if you're in a sport for what I would say a lifetime, you're gonna tear your body up. It's for sure. That's why you know I was shocked that you know Larry Bird, you know. Retired at 35, but it makes sense though because in their times they didn't have the you know the technology available to you know to play longer. But in all honesty, man, you think about go ahead. Didn't Boogie just turn like 29 or 30? His career already over, and he's like, what do you have? The the quad injury, the Achilles, and the ACL. Yeah, is it ACL or MCL? They said ACL. ACL. Yeah, his career over. Does he still play um football? Who E? Oh no, he just played two years. Just did two years. He did two years. Well, he played three years. He played sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. And you know that was always my intention, um, because I I remember I, I, it's funny because I was actually talking to a white dude a couple of years back, and he was a baseball player, 
And um, he he was telling me, man, he was like, he was a pitcher. He was like, man, your average your average high school pitcher right now could probably throw 85, 90 mile, 90 mile fastball. And to, to get to that point, he's probably started playing baseball like around 9 or 10 years old. So you got to think about that. Between you go from 9 years old to about 18, that's a solid 9 years, right? You, you, you're whipping that hoe. Mm-hmm. Nine years. Think about that motion. Think about your elbow. Think about your shoulder. Getting Tommy John at 29, or not even 29, at 20. Yeah. And then you got not only think about that, we don't ever, and people get mad at the fact that baseball players get paid so much. Do they play 180 games in, in the NBA? Nope. Do they play 180 games in the NFL? Nope. So think about that shit, bro. Like, these motherfuckers, it's literally wear and tear like a car. And these motherfuckers are devoting their lives for that shit. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking about baseball right now, but that's at the end of the day, it seems like it's worth it. Like I walk away and I can't use my elbow anymore, but I'd walk away with a hundred million. Shit, at least they walk away with their brain still intact. Man, you got the, a lot of these black kids. They walk away, man. They limping at 34. They stuttering with lisp that they never had. Look at OJ. And they're making the least amount of money and the compared to the other popular sports. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you have this awakening. Like that's why you have people, people like C.J. McCullough saying, "What am I play Team USA for?" I mean, not even being anti-American. It's just like we're at this point in our lives now where, I mean, money is always going to be essential in a capitalist country. So when you think about that, and you think about the longevity of you being able to make that money, and and it's even when you think about Zeke holding out, it's kind of like y'all need to pay me now. Because by the time I reach the end of this contract, I'm have so many miles on me that you're not gonna want to pay me. The average, the average NFL running back, I, what I, what I'm gonna call him a five star or a Pro Bowl running back, probably last five six years. It's not a lot of Adrian Peterson. That's, that's a little generous too. I know it's not a lot of. I'm talking about ineffective too. Zeke may only have another three seasons of when he's gonna be effective. You know that's shit crazy. And I bring all this back to say, like Jay Z is not only partnering with somebody that. Blackball, Cap, Tebow, like he's partnering with somebody that is really an endanger to the black youth, really, because a lot of people and it's Jay Z doing that is not going to make a difference whether he does it or not. That's why I look at it like uh, it is what it is. I mean, Jay gonna Jay, and I kind of disagree. The only reason the NFL hired Jay Z is because they know he has cachet with the black community, and black people are kind of navigating away from the NFL. A lot of people don't even watch the NFL anymore, honestly. So now with the new deal with Jay-Z, they're using Jay-Z to clean up their image, basically. That's all it really is. And I, can, deal is. and I can agree with that, but that's only one part of it. And then they're talking about he's going to have a significant role in ownership of a team, which is not even a fucking business term. You're either a minority owner, a majority owner, or you have a controlling interest in the team, which is, again, basically a majority owner. Mm-hmm. So if you're using the word, like, significant that's not even a fucking business. <laughs> you're, you're he could be a part of marketing. He could be a part of marketing. That's it. He that could be the new Drake. That means he might own two percent or three percent of like a team. with the Nets. Exactly. It's they, the, he didn't even own a full percent with the Nets. And, did he? and they actually made a rule for that. Like they were basically saying, like the Jay Z rule. The, yeah, the Jay Z rule. What they call it? Oh damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were basically saying like you don't walk around here like you're an owner if you own less than one percent. That's yeah. basically what they say. You cannot to. own less than one percent anymore and be considered an owner. You can't own less oh, than one percent. Wow. At all. What about Usher and Nelly? Don't they own some teams, or they they were one of those? People? I think they own more than that. I think oh, okay. I think Usher had some. Was it Memphis? Um, I think. Or I know Justin Timberlake has some stock in Memphis. Nah, Cleveland. I think it's Cleveland. Cleveland. Ah, yeah, Cleveland. Interesting. That's very interesting. 
Like Michael Jordan was only a billionaire after he owned the Bobcats. He's not even really making real money off the Jordan shit, which is really the billion, the billion, the billion dollar, dollar brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that, all that makes me think about um, a conversation we had about dating somebody that has played organized sports. Yeah. You recall that? Yeah. How saying that they have more of a, a, a fundamental understanding of how a team atmosphere should work and how that translates into a relationship. Yeah, break it down. I know you remember what I said. I'd be listening to you sometimes. I, sometimes, sometimes. You be throwing in some bullshit. Yeah, and I, like, do. I have I to do. dodge it. But I do. Yeah, but you just be, be being vindictive. Yeah, I have my moments. You do. <laughs> but anyways, the concept to it is that when people who have played organized sports enter into a relationship, they have more a better idea of the concept of team and how working together to achieve a goal actually works. And kind of like we were talking before the show, Sean said, you know, some people that haven't played organized sports, they look at it like, oh, we're a team. Well, it's team me versus team you. I got to get what I want. Like they don't understand a compromise. Like somebody doesn't doesn't understand that. Okay, I'm gonna have ten dimes if that gets you twenty points. Mm-hmm. We both look good, and that's a sacrificial moment. That, that's that, a sacrificial moment, which is not even, and that's not that's like a positive sacrifice because it still makes you look good. It's still that's a good stat line for you. Ten, yeah. ten assists. If I had ten, if I had ten assists, you look. I look good. You got twenty points. You look good. The Together, look good. we look good. Yeah, definitely. But, but then you, then you have smiling. What you about to say? Instead, we got a lot of fucking Russell Westbrook running around this bitch, Bruh. pushing teammates out the way to get rebounds and shit. It's my like, nigga, my man. Like I was right there. Like we all can you know. eat. We all can eat. Like seriously, somebody throwing up that many bricks anyway to where you get a triple double. Shit needs to be questioned. Like straight up, I think I consistently get 12, 13 rebounds. Who missing that much? My guy. That's when you know you just have trash around you. you. Definitely. That's why he got the fuck up out of there. Hey, and if you got trash around you and you can't really build a team, like to me, a relationship is a team. It's it's me and you versus the world. Yeah. And if if there's no compromise, if it's like, all right, look, Jay, I need you to go out and get 20 tonight. Cool. I need to be able to go out and get 20. But it's like, all right, look, Jay, you you chill. You fall back because you handled yours last night. I'm going to handle mine. You got to be able to you got to be able to do the give and go. Yeah. And, and, and people listening, probably, I'm not saying that sports is the fundamental way to have a successful relationship. I was just listening. I was watching this Kobe interview, and it made me think of it. And I just was sitting there thinking, like, sports in general is a common thread of, you know, I would say middle class. I mean, middle class, you know, you know, the people in poverty. Most like, walks of life. Yeah, most walks of life in America, especially, like, they can they can learn a lot through sports. And for me, the way I broke it down to Jay, I was just basically saying, like, if you look at the first one of the first times you actually had to deal with pressure, it probably came from a sports moment for a lot of us young men. And I've seen my son go through it where he fucking had to hit a buzzer beater. That's a tough ass moment. Another tough moment, you know, that a lot of kids deal with is that moment where they probably get on a team where somebody's better than them and they're faced with the question of, Am I really that good? And if I if I'm not really that good, what am I gonna do to get better? And that's a that's a that's a self reflecting moment to where you realize like, hey, you know, uh, if I really want this to go to go longer, I gotta put in the work on myself. And that's the same thing. But you realize you're dating somebody that really may be, you know, too good for you. But what you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try to get better. But at the same time, as you get better, like it's a lot of communication that goes along with that. Just like on the court. Y'all can't be out here quiet on the court, bro. No. Like, and using the, the Kobe analogy, for instance, Kobe, everybody praises Kobe Bryant. They're like, he's so clutch, he's so clutch, he's so clutch. But in reality, 
he was making games closer than they fucking had to be. <laughs> yes, you hit the game winning shot, but y'all was supposed to win by 20. Low key. You was triple teamed. Kobe so was bringing that back to relationships. It's like, I mean, yes, you hit the game winning shot, but we could have won by fucking 50 points. Yeah. The game shouldn't have been on the if line. If you was on your shit, you know what I mean? It, 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 you could have been washed them dishes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, once again, I, I think. I call anybody that knows me knows I like Kobe, but I also think that he's a psychopath. He is a fucking nut job. Bro, Kobe scored sixty three points when he was eight. You you know how crazy you got to be to do that, right? Bro, just to continuously exploit this person's left hand dribble the whole game. He is a fucking nut job. I love his work ethic. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's just certain things. I I just wish he was more of a team player. I wish he. Understood his shot selection was kind of trash to me a little bit. Oh, definitely. He was cold in the bitch. Don't ever get that fucked up, people. I can never shit on Kobe. Kobe was cold in a motherfucker. It's yep. just that, again, he made games, in my opinion, closer than they had to be a lot of the times. Definitely, because he did everything right on the court, but his 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 lack of team assistance, like he didn't, he wasn't a part of the team at times. Like, I know that for a fact. He he passed the ball when he knew that pass was gonna be. A fly ass pass. Like I've seen Kobe do some amazing pass, but I'm like, would he have done that pass regular if he knew it wasn't gonna look good? And I try to tell my son that, like, some of the greatest players you're ever gonna watch, believe it or not, they have a lot of flashy moments. Like, people aren't looking at how do I say? People try to look at Kawhi and say, Oh, you know, he's this, you know, this boring player. Nah, nah. That nigga Kawhi do some amazing shit sometimes. It's just not it's just not that level of amazing that will make you come out of your seat. Unless it's like a game winner. Or something. Well, it's not that level of amazing that makes you come out your seat because he's not that player. Like Kawhi and LeBron could do the exact same move, but they're going to overhype LeBron's move. Of course, because because of the background that came with yeah. him. I mean, I, go ahead, Sean. Nah, it's the Kyrie effect. All the kids love Kyrie. He he dances with the ball. He's going to do some amazing cold-blooded fly-looking cool shit. But this motherfucker's taking way too many dribbles. Way too many. He's taking way too much time off the clock. He's not getting the other players engaged. It's just a lot of go goofy shit going on. Like, and at the end of the shit. night, he ate for 22. <laughs> My favorite player was Gilbert Arenas. I always bring up Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas was one dribble bucket, two dribble bucket, no dribble bucket, no dribble bucket. He was getting buckets. He put 60, he put 60 plus on Kobe. Yep. <laughs> he was not playing around with people. People don't understand that, but people wouldn't really look at his highlights because it wasn't all flash. It was all buckets it basically it got the job done and yeah. a lot a lot of a lot of kids don't know it's a fine line between getting a job done and being flashy that's that's basically how i look at it but at the same time the moral of the story is nigga you better get the job done like once like he said like i love scotty pippen he's my all-time favorite at the end of the day he played robin better than anybody ever will eh, chris bosh i get chris bosh's props even though everybody shit on chris bosh chris bosh played a good robin because when you needed him to step up he was there. Was he even Robin? He was Alfred. No, <laughs> I mean, no. The way it was Robin. You can't, bro. When they played San Antonio and they both sat out and Bosch dropped like fifty one, bro. Bro, you Bosch like y'all forgot that I do this basketball <laughs> shit. I'm it from was, Texas. Nigga like it was a franchise <laughs> player. He's like, I'm gonna drop this fifty one. Then I'm gonna just fall back here and go back to doing what I was doing. Let y'all do this rinky dink stuff. He definitely handled it better than Kevin Love. I say that Kevin Love shut down. He sh he crumbled into pieces. He's going through mental shit right now, right? He's a face. He's a he's an NFL. He's an NBA face of mental mental, mental health. health. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And but thanks to LeBron. 
<laughs> so I told you he decimates teams on the way out. That's fucked up. But man. to tie, tie that all back, when you're in a relationship or when you're on a team, you got to know your role. It's somebody hard, somebody pays the bills. Somebody handles the meals. Somebody handles the laundry. Somebody handles the yard work. Everybody has a role. And as a team, you don't ever look at, damn, he getting all the buckets. I want to be the person to get the buckets. Or I got to be the assist man. That's your role. When you're a good teammate, you know your role. You think you think Rondo cared that he got nine points and 18 assists? He don't give a shit as long as it's a win at the end of the day. Got a ring, too. And then you look back at Kyrie, like I was saying with Boston. Yeah, you were getting all these buckets and shit, but the team played better when you weren't in the game. <laughs> Much better. Bruh, that whole playoff run without Kyrie, that team looked like you was afraid of that team. And the whole team hated you. So it's like you have to understand that going into a relationship that you have to play your role. Like you say, you have to make some real shit happen. Be, be a value. It's going to be interesting because uh, Kimba, I think Kimba's a, a way less selfish player than, than Kyrie. And I remember we had that little debate. I'm like, yeah, Kyrie may be better in the long run. You know, look at the stats, but I think I'd rather play with Kimba. I don't even know if stats is – their stats probably about the same. Yeah, I, I think know, their right? stats are about I mean, the same. Yeah, I think yeah the, the stats same. are okay. about the same. Actually, Kimba might have better stats. His shot is way better than Kyrie's. Yeah. He might have one of the purest shots in the NBA outside of Steph and Clay. I, th- I think Kimba is smarter about not trying to force things. Kyrie, Kyrie will, will get to the situation just 14 seconds on shot clock. He fuck around till it's five seconds left. And it's like, oh, well, I guess the shot on me now. He's <laughs> a perfect example of useful flash. Like his shit is flashy, but it comes with a real bucket. And it's not, it's, it's more efficient than Kyrie. Definitely, definitely. I can see that. I can see that. And, and it, still, that brings it back like, I think a lot of that shit came with the fact that he had to lead a team in UConn, bro. Like that that built his character. You know, that made that made him realize like, hey, all that bullshit gotta stop. Like I gotta, you know, I'm dealing I'm in this relationship. And if I'm if I'm gonna be in this relationship, the bullshit gotta stop. I gotta make sure if I'm doing something that it's for a fucking reason. And Kyrie was at what, Duke? For and ten you know, games. Yeah, you know ten games. Duke is Duke. The players are pretty much interchangeable. Like, the prestige is the name of the school. Definitely. It's not even who plays for the school. And Kimba does have the nastiest step-back game winner in his front pocket. It's not even in his back. It's in his front pocket. Yeah, yeah. And he do what he wants. <sighs> yeah, yeah. The boy nasty, man. I respect him. He shit, he won that in Houston, didn't he? That championship. Was that Houston? It yeah. might have been. And they, been. Was, they, they was complaining about um Because it, it, was, it wasn't at the uh, compact. It was... It was a stadium. I think that's when NRG first. Yeah, and they were. Whatever. He was. They were saying that it fucked up your optics. It yeah, was, yeah, because it was so big. Yeah, yeah. and I, I found it. I never forget that. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Didn't fuck up his. No, it really didn't. Him and Jeremy Lamb was out there going off. <laughs> but all, all in all, in all, when it comes to the team aspect of relationship, I think if you are with somebody that hasn't been on a team, it's gonna be a problem for you. And and, and like you said, a team, because that's all. It's a team. So like if you're if you cannot be this nut job of a woman or a man coming into a relationship talking about it needs to be all about me or even that shouldn't even be an afterthought. Like you should never in a moment in a relationship, except for maybe on your birthday, think that this should be all about me. Like talking about, oh, I need all this attention to function. No, you're a nut job. (laughs) You need help. You need this attention. Go see a therapist because you'll have you'll have some men like. Hey, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot for myself forever. You know, I I learned how to do laundry and the iron and the cook and stuff. I learned this at a old at a young age. So when I get into this relationship and you trying to do this for me, I'm not allowing you to do it because I'm being overly independent. 
or even the reverse of that. Oh, my mom catered to me my whole life. So you got, you're going to have to cater to me. You know, if you've never been in a situation where you needed to sacrifice or to do more. It's going to end up reflecting in your relationship. Okay. And even if you've been in a relationship where you've been doing too much and you get into another relationship, you're still doing too much. Your partner's trying to tell you, hey, chill, fall back. Let me, you know, let me pick up some of this. Let me take some of this pressure off of you. You got to be able to say, all right, cool. Let me take a step back and compromise by giving up some of the control that I have. Definitely. Definitely. It's funny when you use that mom, that mom uh, analogy, because I look at that as like you got kids that uh, take the area Fox, you know, come, come from this area. I'm pretty sure. You know, he went through AAU teams, his high school team, and that was like his mom. Like, did it? You know, the coaches did it. Everybody did everything for him. His first year in the NBA was awful. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he came into a new a new thing mentally where he was like, "Hold on, it's not about me anymore. It's it's players on this team that are better than me." And what did he have to do? Shit, had to step his motherfucking game up. And and now he's back where he is now. Now he's getting back to being that franchise guy. Because in order to get to that point, you got to earn it. And, and people hate hearing that shit when it's come to relationships, having to earn something. But at the end of the day, it's like, shit, people got to earn your trust and your respect. So why not earn that? Why not earn that moment where you're really dealing with a person? You feel like, hey, you know, you really deserve this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to give you this contract, I don't channel a Parsons me. Like, <sighs> don't. <laughs> That's the finesse God right there. Bruh. Mm-hmm. He finesse Dallas and then turn around and finesse Memphis. It ain't worth shit. Well, he's worth something, but ain't nothing on the court. And the boy was nice. Yeah. Oh Florida, yeah, he was nice. He, he was he was nice. He was nice in Houston. That's and, how he got that money. And that's why I keep telling people, don't let that potential fool you. Relationship or in a or in a uh, big time contract agreement, y'all be looking at potential for like like it's like it's potential is only gonna go so far. Y'all looking at women out here looking at this man just because he's six <laughs> three. Nigga 6'3", can't hoop. Nigga ain't got no coordination. Nigga dumb as a box of rocks. He late to the shift at Popeye's. Come on, He can't on, even get man. the new sandwich out. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. And this is what you want just based off this one little... Him being 6'3". That's crazy, man. Ain't you 6'3"? I'm 6'2". Oh, okay. Still trash. Trash them. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm at that age where, where I, I'm out there mentally beating people. I'm not physically beating them. You got to, bro. You got to. Got to. I, th- I think that's kind of why I like Kobe too, because as he got older, you saw that part of his game too. Yeah, he was he was a mad shit talker. People don't realize how much of a shit talker Durant is. That's why I don't think when Durant comes back, I think he's gonna get into people's head mentally just because he's Durant. He could he could lose two or three steps, but the fact that he's Durant, that nigga gonna be killing niggas when he get back. But anyways, once again, don't let potential fool you. Actually, get you know, you know, get a get to know people. And not only get to know people, think about the environment they come from. Do they come from an environment that kind of made them more of a team player? Or do they come from an environment where they were babied the whole time? Because you could get with somebody that's a spoiled fucking brat. and Or a spoiled fucking brat can get with somebody that's going to love the shit out of them. Because that person that's with them, that's probably all they've ever known is how to spoil people. So you may actually meet your match one day and be like, oh, you know, this guy is going to spoil the shit out of me. You know, hey, it's like my damn sugar daddy. Go ahead. What I just recently learned is doing that podcast episode I did with Tony is that more important than having a father, a mother, or anything else is having a full-fledged, 100% childhood. Anybody who doesn't have a, a real childhood, they're pretty much fucked off. Basically. And they should stay single, in my opinion. Unless they're going to come come through and find some some type of savior. And eventually, I feel like that savior is going to have a tipping point. 
Nigga, I just the average human is not built for that shit, bro. It, it it takes a lot to be not just somebody's spouse, but to be their therapist, but to be their doctor, to be all these other things. You have to be their constant sense of joy, and it just takes a lot out of a person. And like Sean said, if they never had no childhood, they've basically been an adult since they were the age of 10 and they had, you know, they didn't have these other responsibilities, whether it's babysitting their cousins or, you know, I had to get a part time job to buy my own school clothes or or whatever the case may be. That's crazy. man. Like, you know, you became an adult really fast. And so you've been adulting for a long time. So, yeah, your tolerance for bullshit is going to be a lot less because you've been providing for yourself for a long time. But also the level that which you demand out of people might be a lot more because you do so much for yourself. Modern times, man. I feel sorry for people that live in modern times with that type of upbringing because I feel like this modern times are like hella childish. Like, I just... How, when, I, when you think of quality, like, you know, obviously all of us in here date women. When you think of a quality woman, do you... And I, you don't even got to tell me what a quality woman is to you. Do you feel like you're more than likely to bump into somebody randomly that's a quality woman nowadays, or do you feel like you're probably, you're pretty much going to come across somebody that you probably would say, Oh, she's typical. Cause me personally, I feel like I, I, I've had, I tend to bump into a lot of typical women. You know, I, I don't need to, I don't feel like I need to go into what typical means, but like, I don't really bump into a lot of women that I would even say, Oh, you're a unicorn or you're rare. I kind of feel like, you know, for the most part, you're, you're digging in. Like if you're, if you're coming across a woman that you would say, Oh, She's traditional. She's, you know, she's high quality. She doesn't do this. And once again, I'm not going to dictate what a woman can do. But at the same time, it's like we know what's up out here. Like we know a conformist versus somebody that's kind of counterculture. And do you think that you that you come across women that are more unique these days? Or do you think that uh, they're pretty much becoming all one and the same? I feel like people in general really are just kind of on some typical shit. Oh, that was my that was my exact thought too. On some passed down information type shit. When people start regurgitating shit they've heard somebody else say, that's when I I, I shut all the way down and there's nothing for me to add to the conversation. But it's kind of hard for me to answer that question at the same time because I really just don't have random conversations with strangers type shit. So it's kind of hard for me to just, you know, I need to see everything. I need to see like how you came up, your upbringing, your morals and your your thought pattern and all that type of shit. And I really don't have all that time to do that with a fucking complete stranger. So, I mean, it's kind of 50-50, I guess. I can't really fully answer that. Okay, so when it comes down to it, when you're, like, in your venting state or, you know, just trying to, you know, confide in somebody, do you think you're more likely to confide in a woman or a man? Mm. And I'm talking about just on, like, some general, you know, just having some real-ass shit. That's pretty much why I brought it up because, I mean, I'm going to answer for you. Me, personally... The reason I look at, you know, shit the way I look at it is because, like, I look at shit, you know, based off situations, obviously. Like, you have your different scenarios. So, when I was thinking about that shit, I'm like, man, you know, as a man, you would think if I want to confide in somebody or vent to somebody, I would, you know, confide in a woman. But for me personally, like, now, I just, I, I prefer talking to my homeboys or talking to somebody, you know, maybe older than me, like my brothers or my older cousins, because I kind of feel like, they're going to provide me with information or reality that I can kind of get a grip on and like, I can understand it. And they're going to, I'll get the gist of what they're saying. And then the reason I'm less likely to go to a woman is because I'm kind of in that, you know, kind of jaded state where I kind of like, I'm looking at women. I'm like, man, I just, I kind of feel like if I'm dealing with a, with a woman, I'm, I'm probably gonna get the same old bullshit. Every now and then I, you know, I come across somebody that, you know, that's real. But for me with my luck, I don't, I don't get that often. Like I don't get, 
that woman that has that, you know, that mindset of, oh, I can sit here and have a conversation and be going to some real deep shit and there's no background bullshit to it. You know, I know I asked you that question, Jay. Well, I forgot what your answer was. Oh, my answer was I'm more likely to confide in, in a woman. It's in particularly my sisters. <laughs> That's who I talk to because I know whether they're going to give me the, the, the their true feelings. <laughs> like they're not going to coddle me. Like the, there are a few people on this planet that I know won't coddle me. And I know my sisters will not coddle me. They ain't about that bullshit. They not about that bullshit. If I'm out here doing some wild shit, they're going to say, Jay, you're doing some wild shit. Real like, talk. you know, you need to calm down. And when it comes to, like, if I were to get that from a man, like, I, 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 go, to my step, I go to my stepdad from time to time. And he gives me, you know, he gives me sound advice. And, but when it comes to men, if men don't know how to give advice, it's real tough. Because, like, whenever, whenever a woman asks me something, like, I have the mind of a fixer. Like she could just be venting, but if you ask me something, I have well shit. You need to do this. You need to do this, even though you just venting. But if I go to one of my homeboys, like I have, I have a few that's gonna give me the real talk. But then I got some like, man, you know, shit. You you just got to do what you got to do. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, they don't want to hurt my feelings. Like man, you just got to do what you got to do, and you know, do what's right for you. It's like, well, I know at the end of the day, I got to do what's right for me. But you know, I'm coming to you for for specific input, like how you see it from the outside looking in, and I and you just can't get that from. I just can't get that from a lot of the men that I talk to. So I guess it, I guess it all depends at the end of the day. Of course. But so, but so, so for the previous question, I'm not trying to make you answer the question, but you probably kind of feel like most of the men you deal with, you know, or come across me on that bullshit sometimes. Or like they doing that. How do I say like, they not finna give you the real when you want the real. And it happens quite often for you. I'm not going to say that they be on some bullshit, but I'm going to say that it's based off my historic, my historical upbringing. Like I was brought up by my mom, brought up by my grandma. So, like, anytime something happened, women were typically the decision makers. Gotcha. gotcha. And women were typically the influencers. So, I go to women because that's who I know to have been making decisions. More and now, women. in the past 10 or so years, when I've transitioned to my own man and I've transitioned, transitioned into my own decision making person, then it's, it's on me. And the men that I can reach out to is pretty limited. Gotcha. What about you, Sean Dunn? For me, honestly, I love talking to women. But me personally, I'm not looking for advice. You can really keep your advice, really. <laughs> I really don't want to hear all that shit. I want to hear that shit. Me, I'm more so an energy type of person. Like, I'm looking for my energy to be replenished and all that type of shit. And I feel like women are better at nurture, nurturing that and bringing that energy back to the game and refueling me to where I can go back and do the shit I need to do. Because really, I really don't need advice. I know exactly what the fuck I need to do. It just depends on if I'm going to do it or not. And, you know, if I get that type of energy around me to where... Because basically, if you see all, all the great men in the world, you're going to see a strong woman behind them or on side of them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like women help provide the energy better than a, a, another dude would. But of course, men have logic and all that shit, sound advice. Women have logic and all that sound advice. But I just prefer women because, again, that energy boost is, is real key to me. But in, ter in terms of advice, though, I, you, I really don't need it because I'm a sound individual. I know how to self-reflect. I do all that type of shit. I reevaluate the the bullshit i'm on and all that type of shit i know when i'm on complete bullshit i know that i don't have to ask anybody else if i'm too. on bullshit definitely i know so that's why <laughs> i love talking to women to get that energy really typically when you start with all right tell me if i'm wrong or not probably wrong yeah no matter who you're talking to or oh typically yeah if, if you need somebody to say no you're not wrong or, or something like that you typically are wrong okay. if you know for a fact you're not wrong you're not going to ask anybody like okay. Sean, you don't need any advice when you know what you're doing is the right thing. Okay, okay. It was funny. Like when I looked at when I did the poll, it was about 
about 90% of the women said women. And, you know, with the men, it was a little more mixed. I think it was only one woman that said man. And I, I know why that one woman said man. We're kind of alike in that, in that, in that realm. But I, 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 I took all that and I thought to myself, I'm like, man, that's, it's interesting that, you know, and I kind of knew you guys were going to say that, but it's interesting because I think about it and I'm like, man, like, what does that do for society as a whole when it kind of feels like women are kind of there and it's like, that's a lot of pressure for women, I would say. <laughs> I think like, when you think about it, it's like, damn, like people are constantly coming to women with these problems and it's almost like they're providing advice, but I wonder who's giving them the most sound advice right. because it doesn't really seem like women to women advice is really helping. That's pretty much what I was, I'm just saying, like, cause most of the women were saying they were going to women for advice and, you know, to be, you know, to confide in them, to vent to them. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. That's why I always think like you need somebody of the opposite sex to go to for advice. To balance you. To balance you. It makes sense. It makes sense. And once again, because like Because a lot of men think the same way and a lot of women think the same way. You need that, that partner of the opposite sex to say, hey, this one thing is like, nah. This is what she's thinking, or this is what he's thinking, and that's why he's reacting this way. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think I think the reason I am the way I am because I pretty much grew up most of my life, and the only person I really could go to was my mom for pretty much sound advice, and it kind of expired for me. So it's kind of like it's since I never had that true that true male role model. It's like getting you know having that logical you know conversation with somebody. That's actually a breath of fresh air for me. Like I I didn't get that growing up, so now it's like okay. You know, I'm, I'm talking to my, I'm talking to my guys. I'm like, you know, what's going down? Like, and I'm, cause Jay knows me. Like, my thoughts are pretty dark, and <laughs> I, it's a lot of women can't handle that, and that's why. That's and I, and I guess it's because of the type of person I am. You know, obviously, when we just kind of having like, and, and to be honest, if I am really gonna like talk to a woman and like vent to them, I pretty much probably want the woman to be older than me. I probably wouldn't talk to a woman my age, just yeah. to be honest. And just like, like I said, with, even with men, like, I'm, I'm rarely ever just going to be, like, talking to somebody younger than me. They're probably going to be my age or older, you know, or, you know, in, in age range. But, yeah, I, I just thought that was an interesting little poll when I realized it. For me, really, I could just hug a woman, and that could change the whole outlook of my entire day, just off the hug alone. Was it because you're... Horny horse. I knew you were going there. I knew it. No, I knew I'm it. fucking with. I know Sean. Sean is a more mild mannered guy. Not at all. It's just I don't know. Women's energy is just very key to me. And and with that energy, that energy can go both ways. It can it can refill you or it can drain you too. Ooh, yeah, if you have a woman that doesn't vibe with you, who has bad energy, not bad energy in terms of your compatibility, it could change the outlook of your entire life. That's why you, like I said in the last episode, that's why you can go to work and your boss is barking at you and shit or your coworkers talking crazy to you or whatever or all type of bullshit. It's based off typically their, their at-home life and shit. Definitely. I saw a Duval post on Twitter where he basically was like, um, this generation is going to feel the, feel the pain of a lot of these deadbeat moms running around just like we felt like a lot of these the, the deadbeat dads of the 80s. Like women feel that now. And when you talk about energy and shit and where they come from, like that shit makes a whole lot of sense. Like it's almost like we never have really realistically gotten that balance that we need in society between men and women. Cause even at our best moment, as far as humans go, it's always just been that, that tug of war of power rather than that, you know, 
like Charles Manson said on Mindhunter, like just <laughs> it was just like also like, hey man, like you can't blame me, which we can't, Charlie. We you can't blame me for how you put your kids out into the world because how you put your kids out into the world, I just basically took them in with love and just told them, hey, you do what you do that's best for you. When I when I send them back out. And that's real shit. That's pretty much what's happening. So when the kids are being sent out to the world with the shit that the uh, with their parents fed them, I mean, they just gonna do what they know best, you know. And that's wild out, oh, man. Because they really is wilding out now, bro. I don't even, I don't even want to go into one of my what's going on in America rants. But for the most part, I mean, how did that um, happiness embarrassment poll turn out for you? Oh, the happiness embarrassment poll? Hey, I forgot forgot, forgot about that one. Let me see. Um, Break that down first before you say what the results were. Break it down what you what the poll was suggesting. It was a a, a tweet from uh, Dirt McGirt. Uh, he said, um, are you focused on happiness or not being embarrassed? And I'm going to let Dirt McGirt speak before I give the poll results. To me, in my personal opinion, when people – Look at happiness versus embarrassment. I even had this conversation with Jay Mark the other day. People fear embarrassment more than being happy. Like the embarrassment coming from your peers is something that you're just so deathly afraid of that you would sacrifice that happiness to not be embarrassed. And the examples that 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 Jay Mark used specifically, he said, let's say that you're in this committed relationship. You you could even be married and have a child. If I come home and I found out that my woman is cheating on me. You know, I catch her in the act. And it's just between me, him, and her. Mm-hmm. I haven't brought my boys in it. She haven't brought her people in it. Nine times out of ten, you will be more inclined to try to keep that relationship going and try to fix it because that's where your happiness is. But let's say I catch her cheating and her people know about it and my people know about it. To avoid the embarrassment of sticking with this person that cheated on me, I have to cut this off. No matter how happy they made me because I don't want to be seen as an embarrassment Amongst my inner circle, mm-hmm. I, I I I like the question just based on the fact that I mean you know just playing devil's advocate. Um, I, I've always said it you know happiness is fickle as fuck. I mean you can focus on happiness all you want, but once that embarrassing moment comes, what happens to that happiness? It's pretty much fucked. That's why if you pay attention to character over personality, you're probably getting more of a chance of getting with somebody that's not going to embarrass you. So I don't think there's any right answer to it, but me, myself, personally, if I'm fucking with somebody, I'm hoping there's, I'm hoping it's somebody that's not going to embarrass me. Somebody that's going to embarrass me because I don't want to be in the situation where my happiness is at stake or my peace is at stake. You come into my, you come into my home or you come into my life and if I'm in, more than likely that insecurity that people feel is they're, they're trying to feel secure. So they're hoping that they're with somebody that's not going to embarrass them. Somebody that's not going to, everybody that you get with is a gamble. Mm-hmm. So if you go out there and you, you know, you putting, you putting, you, you betting 250 to one on Odell to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, shit, unfortunately with the, with the, with the past results, I mean, you finna be embarrassed and you, that ain't, that's going to fuck with your happiness. So as I said, I felt like it was a good question because I mean, and the poll results were 85% to 15%, which most people chose happiness. And I, they're not wrong for that. No. I just feel like at the end of the day, happiness is very fickle. Like, it's it's easily shattered if you're not, how do I say this? If you're not focusing on the person you're dealing with. Because if the person you're dealing with is somebody that has a history of embarrassing other people, they probably for to embarrass you, and that happiness is going to be gone. For instance, like, I always 
get on people's ass about calling themselves nerds and shit like that because I feel like a lot of people say that type of shit to get in front of what they do because they, they feel like society's going to call them a nerd. So let me get in front of that. Let me say it first before somebody else says it. But no, the shit you're doing is not nerd shit. Learning shit and having information and all that shit is not nerd shit. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool as fuck. Nerd is behavior, meaning if you don't know how to talk to people, you don't know how to conduct yourself around social groups and all that type of shit. That's nerd shit. Intelligence is not nourishing. Like, let's cut this shit out. It, it really isn't. Um, and I know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dr. Seuss created that term, but um, that's just a random fact. Mm. But um, I guess when you think of intelligence, I guess you can say more geek. Like, that's probably more of it. But uh, I, that's why I found that Joe Budden interview that y'all sent me. Like, I don't know shit about the Joe Budden and Tax Stone, Tax Stone thing, but I found it funny when he kind of like, you know, evaded the question and he kind of got to the point where he was like, hey, you know, I'm a rapper. And I'm very serious about my words. And I'm like, eh, I understand that. But in all honesty, I'm a human and I'm very serious about my words. And I think everybody should be. But I think when we get into the social construct of words, of how society perceives words, we get lost in it. We're all human. You know, we still we still to this day don't know what dating is, don't know what the talking <laughs> stage is, don't know what it means to just be fucking with somebody. Like, we don't know what that shit mean. I mean, if you break it down, you think you know what it mean. But in all honesty, everybody comes to it with... They're different, you know, the, the different way they let their environment construct that for them. Because I damn sure don't know. How would you feel about the Joe and Nikki dynamic? Man, I, I would actually have y'all kind of explain it to me more. I, I, don't, I don't listen to Joe Budden podcast. Or I, didn't even, I didn't even know there was a Queen radio. I kind of just saw a lot of the, the Twitter feedback. And, um, and I ain't a Joe Budden hater, but I saw enough of his interviews to realize that people fuck with him for the rage demon moments. Like they just pretty much just want to see him act the ass. And I'm not really in the podcast for the, uh, for the entertainment part of it. I still like the informative part of podcast. That's why I probably listen to podcasts that a lot of people wouldn't really fuck with. Like I like my, I, 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 I can listen to Joe Rogan every now and then. Um, I could listen to, um, like Jordan Peterson every now and then I can listen to some of some of the uh, conspiracy theorists podcasts every now and then. Like I don't get too much of it, but I prefer those because at the end of the day, it's giving me insight on shit I never even really thought about. That entertainment gossip, I don't really care for it. I, I, I do I do enjoy the fact that from time to time shit trends and the memes come and the shit's funny, but I don't know shit about that. I don't know what happened with that conversation. You listen to you listen to it, huh, Jay? I did. How'd you feel about it? Like two New York people just yelling at each other. Is that? I, I thought that's how New York people communicated. That's all they do is yell, right? Because yeah. drink champs, <laughs> man. I mean, what it what it was was that on the Queen Radio, she was just calling Joe Button out for a lot of his bullshit, and he was sitting there denying it, denying it, and then Nikki would pull up the audio clips and be like, "Oh, well, here it is," and you know, and they she was just like I like I told you in the group chat, like she said my nigga so many times, like I felt like she was wearing Tims and wanted to fight. She probably did. So like you, you know, it, and it loses some of it, some of its aspect of, of getting your point across when you can't communicate effectively. And I don't I don't feel like either one of them can communicate effectively. Even when they're like, do you consider them being passionate, or you just think they just they're just bad? They just communicate badly. I think they just both communicate badly. And, and but, but I mean, but at the end, it was like, no, yeah, we all cool and stuff. This is just how we communicate. It's like, yeah, but is that effective? Like you, you want to sit here and you want to call Joe. I was like, hey, you know, you said this about me, and and he wants to do his Joe Button and and dance around it because he, hey, that man is a dancing legend. He should be on Dance with the Stars. Boy, the way he sidestepped those questions. I mean, because he, he's he. I, I hate to say it, but I've 
I have like not necessarily valid proof, but it's come up so many times that if he's not physically abusing these women he deals with, he definitely mentally abuses the fuck out of them. That's why when I I know I didn't know shit about his his dealings with Extra Baxter. I just remember that they lost a child and he rapped about her or some shit like that. But I would not be surprised that he put them through that type of torment just because I've been following Joe Budden since like oh two. I know his background to an extent, so his character and the shit he does behind closed doors wouldn't shock me at all. I wasn't mad at Nikki's performance on the podcast. She was being theatrical about certain moments and shit. You have to remember, she came from like an acting background, similar to Drake and all that type of shit. And she basically just out Joe. Joe, that's what she did to me. Oh, my. Like, is Joe possible? is known for yelling over people, cutting people off, cussing and doing all the theatrical shit. And she basically beat him to the punch and did all the shit before him. And everybody's, you know, giving Nikki the backlash and shit. But I, I, mean, I noticed that. This and is the, what Joe was just known. They were... They both act exactly the same fucking way. If you don't like Nicki Minaj, you don't like Joe Budden. If you don't like Joe Budden, you don't like Nicki Minaj. They're very close to being the same person. Jesus, really? That's wild. I mean, because in a sense, yeah, I see that Nicki could have that masculine energy, but that says a lot about Joe's energy, too. Joe, Joe, got, a lot. Joe got ways. I'll just say it like that. you know. And once again, that's pretty much why I don't really fuck with his podcast like that, because I think that the when it was... When it was the, I haven't named this podcast yet, because that was the last time I actually listened to it. And y'all said that was a minute ago. When I when I heard it then, it gave me it gave me like those drink champ vibes. Like it was just a lot of foolery and him just you know giving his hot takes that I really didn't want. And um, I mean I, that's basically what we did. Yeah, he really took drink champs format, the calling random celebrities and all that shit. Drink champs was doing that first. A lot of shit he took from drink champs and um another podcast as well. But I mean. I'll, I'll let that go. I'll let them make it. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I'm pretty sure it's an entertaining podcast. But a lot of times, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I'll walk away from it. If there's no controversy brewed from his podcast, it probably ain't gonna matter. Oh yeah, the pull up, the pull up series. He stole that from Taxstone. Taxstone oh literally had a a show called the Pull Up. And now he's in jail, so he. And and even with even with Taxstone, when the, to link that back to the happiness versus embarrassment, his his I listened to part of his last episode. And like Who's he's Taxstone. He does podcasts in prison. Yeah. Oh my. So like I, I I listened to like maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, and you know he was talking. She was talking about his co-host, like you know about your girl holding you down and everything. And he's like, you know, I don't expect her to be you know sitting here faithful and waiting on me and anything like that. He said the only thing I expect her to do is you know keep some keep some uh, money on my books. And he even specifically said, you know, if I call, take the dick out your mouth and 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 pick up the phone. Because he's conformed to modern day relationships. And I actually had this conversation with a homegirl of mine. And I was like, you can say what you want about cheating. Because I had put up a poll about cheating. And um, basically it was 100%. Everybody feels like if you, if you're, if the, if the sneaky conversations are starting, if you're, do, if you're being secretive, then you're basically cheating. And the reality to that is I think that 95% of people in relationships are dealing with that right now. And they don't want to admit it. And, and that, that's fine. And I feel like for Taxstone to say something like that, he's past the embarrassment. He just he just wants to be with somebody and be happy with him. That's, That's fair. And know? and that happiness and that embarrassment, those levels range for for the people you with. And I was really put off by that um by that episode because again, knowing your role, the young lady co-host that he had wouldn't let the man talk. The man is in fucking prison. Oh my! <laughs> and you keep cutting him off, talking over him and shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? They're from New York. This is literally his show, and you won't let this man talk. You taking over the whole shit. What, what he gonna do about it? 
<laughs> just saying. And, and to even bring it back to the conversation about happiness over embarrassment, he's literally in prison over that whole dynamic. Oh my. One of you gentlemen couldn't take an ass whooping, so y'all took it somewhere else, and now both of y'all might be in prison. Jesus. For half of your life. Dumbasses. So so you're basically saying that maybe he should be more in, interested in the embarrassment part. Maybe he's maybe he's not being realistic about it. He should be ashamed. He's too interested in the embarrassment part. That lack of letting shit go uh, led gotcha. you in prison. He's, gotcha. he's doing a phone interview from prison because he couldn't let embarrassment go. Gotcha. Couldn't take an L. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it. Or couldn't take a dub. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, uh, see, see, I, I wouldn't even think about that because uh, that's... Um, because I still feel like a shame factor is necessary when you're functioning every day, every day to society. Like, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be shamed. But then again, yeah, I can let shit go too. You know, because the, the reason I can let shit go is I'm more than likely prepared for it. And that's, that's the reality. I think a lot of people are prepared for it these days. I think it's the shit that gets you that you're not prepared for that's hard to let go. Of course. Like, if there's some shit that you kind of expect and then it happens, yeah, okay, but yeah, gee, I can let that in 2019, go. 2019? When it's a hot girl summer? Come on, man. If you have to rely on embarrassment, you're a fucking failure. I was just talking talking about this with somebody at my job. Like, you have to have your own constitution. If you don't have your own constitution, you're susceptible to anything that life throws at you. You're susceptible mm-hmm. to any belief system or anything that anybody else has. If you have your own constitution, there's nothing that people can tell you. You already have your own your own fucking um laws and shit that you abide by. Shit that you believe in solely, you. It's outside of anything that anybody taught you anything. This is, these are your list of demands. This is your fucking go-tos or whatever it is you want to call it. This is your constitution. If you don't have your own constitution, you are fucking useless to life. And you're going to probably fail. That's why I respect Chick-fil-A. They like, fuck y'all. We closed on Sundays. <laughs> and, and, and Do I, something about it. And, I'm, and I, I respect it. I, I look at the situation just like I said when I'm looking at the poll. I'm like... At the end of the day, I know what's gonna make me happy, but at the same time, you're not finna come into my into my situation and put me to the point where, like you said, I'm looking at my constitution. And I'm like, hold on, you know, well, you don't abide by these guidelines. I can't fuck with you. It's that simple. That's why I say they go hand in hand. But at the same time, you have to understand. For me, it's about protecting peace. Like, I'm, I'm I may be in a peaceful moment. It doesn't mean I'm like fucking glee and gay and happy. Like the way you say, I just feel like you gay for that way. It's, it's fucking hilarious to me. Okay, but. Uh, Whatever, but, but no, I mean, I, I that that's real. Like, I didn't know about that tax double situation. That that just blew my mind. But I knew, I know when I was going to interview Jay, Joe Button looked fucking terrified. I guess I I don't know if tax double just has that reputation. But what did he do? Are we allowed to talk about that? Or well, he's been convicted. He had like? a situation with um Troy Ave. Oh, that's the one Troy Ave shot at. Yeah, where's Troy Ave at now? He's out there, free, yeah, free world free, right yeah. now. Because he didn't do anything. He was protecting I mean, himself, right? The trial is still coming up. The trial hasn't happened yet. Oh, my. And it's, what, two years now? Shit, might be three. Yeah, it's been a while. Jeez. He has no, it's no sign of him getting out anytime soon. Nah. Damn. And Troy Ave might be doing some significant years as well. But he's free, though. Yeah, for the moment. Wow. Street shit, man. Street shit. But, yeah, man, Um, I... I Unlike Jay didn't have any faith in this podcast today. I just want everybody to know that. He had no faith in his podcast. Hey, I, we we 
we lost twenty minutes of heat before we even press record. Yeah, that's all. That's fine. We probably after the, after we press stop, and we'll probably have another twenty minutes of heat. It happens. Oh, quick question. Mm-hmm. What's what's more important to you, love or respect? Oh man, that's because I had a I had a conversation with a guy, and he was telling me that women value love and men value respect. When you think, when I think about, when I hear that question, I, I, I get back to happiness and, and embarrassment again. I think the fact that a lot of us appreciate that respect is to avoid embarrassment. Like you want somebody that you know is going to respect you because if they don't respect you, what's going to happen? They may embarrass your ass. They may do something that's out of line to where when you're trying to check them, they like fuck you, nigga. I don't respect you. That's embarrassing. You know, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, I value love, but at the same time, like, I mean, like, damn, like, if you ain't got no respect for me, why am I here? Yeah. I have to have respect for her, too. Oh, yeah. That respect definitely goes both ways. Yeah. For me, respect has to be embedded in love. I mean, I don't even want to fucking talk to you if there's no respect. It's impossible for me to love you if there's no respect. Just like the trust will never get there. Like, if it, I can, I can, I can trust you initially. But then, as I lose respect for you, along the lines, I'm probably not going to trust you all that much. And then the love is going to be fucked up. There's so many dynamics to a relationship. That's why teamwork is essential. <laughs> like, if, if, if the teamwork ain't there, I mean, you got to have respect for the people that you want to team with. You ain't going to pass them the ball if you don't respect them. Go off 82. Bruh. No, he got, I know he got frying pan hands over there. <laughs> I know he going to jack anytime he touch the yeah. ball, open or not. Yelling Kobe, airballing every time. <laughs> Trash. So a relationship basically needs a true point guard. A, a leader. Somebody, somebody has to direct this traffic. If 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 a relationship, because it's thinking, well, we're in 2019 now, and it's the, the the thing that's destroying relationships, in my opinion, is and not necessarily the, that's not the sole reason, but everybody's fighting over what the gender is. Like everybody's looking at these genders and blah blah. But I mean, even if you look at a gay couple. I guarantee you within that gay couple, there's a dynamic of leader in somewhat of a follower or somebody that knows their role enough to kind of fall back because they don't really have the, um, the mental capacity to take control. Like it's a lot of people that you come across that can't even decide what they want to eat when you're trying to take them out. And like, that doesn't make them a bad person. It probably just means that in that situation, they're not the best person to go to for that bucket. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like they not gonna get that bucket. Yeah, a relationship is all timing and compatibility. If you don't have the timing and compatibility, y'all are not going far. It's really as simple as that. I'm pretty sure we got high school sweethearts that we would have married the hell out of, but we know we wasn't ready then. Very we true. get our shit together now. We're like, shit, where she at? <laughs> and now she got now she got three kids or whatever. And sloppy. Oh man, why you got a body shame? I'm fucking with you. You don't give a damn. <laughs> I thought that shit was funny. I like fucking with you, Jay. Just like you were fucking with me last week about that date nap shit. I, I th- there was been numerous times in this episode where I thought about bringing it back up. I'm glad you didn't, man. Bro, that was the highlight of the episode. All the feedback I got was curious to find out what dating apps you were on. I, I could have put you down. Oh, my. I don't want nothing you got in your circle. Because y'all don't know who type, what type of people you deal with. You constantly stay in shambles, bro. That's understandable. I wouldn't want anybody in my circle either, but that's not the story. Wow. What would you do if a nigga just came to your house and just dropped a TV off, a vintage TV? Do it work? 
Wow. <laughs> that was my first question. Does it work? It's taking shit from TV head strangers. Yeah, basically, yeah. That shit, that shit bothers me, bro. <laughs> I just keep thinking, like, what just, what made him do that? Like, you just want, wake up one day just in your house constructing a TV mask. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to just drop off these vintage TVs. Like, I'm pretty sure it's easy to track this guy down because there ain't nowhere in the world somebody in America still has 50 vintage TVs laying around. I'm talking about the tube, like the big ass tube. In the Not even at the pawn shop. Bruh. He might be an ex-pawn shop owner. They're popular in the video gaming world because to play the old school games, you need that type of TV. And a lot of people are real true to that. Really? To play with like the light guns and all that type of shit. Isn't that all the arcade is? It's a it's that TV in there and it's got the foundation built around it. But you made an interesting point when you brought up the door the door, the doorbell camera. Cause that I've I've seen, I've noticed that. Will was talking about the ring, the ring setup, the ring device and app. How does that even work? Like it's always recording? Or it only records when somebody presses the doorbell? I have no idea. Um, I believe it's always mm-mm. I'm shocked. I know, right? Hmm. It's always recording, I believe, but if somebody rings the doorbell, I think you get an alert. And then that's when you could talk back to them and all that type of shit. But then you also have to pay for the service and all that type of shit, too. It's an app? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I've heard that there was a, um, a page where you could like see like some of the craziest shit that's happened in people's doorbells. It's on Reddit. Oh, my God. But my thing is, are these... Like I asked, do these TVs work? Because those old tube TVs was heavy as shit. What the hell heavy as fuck? Did you see how he dropped that whole house? <laughs> <laughs> so, if I want to profile him, I know the nigga's strong. <laughs> I don't know, but he's strong. <laughs> that nigga's strong. That nigga just, doo, 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 he just took off. Chuck the deuce's camera. took off. Hey. That shit was creepy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is creepy. There yes. are enough people concerned about it. And that bothers me. Like, people should be concerned about that. Like, niggas just dropping shit off at your front door. It's like us nigga knocking, bro. Like, he the TV Santa Claus, bro. It I ain't. could probably count on one hand how many times somebody knocked on my door that wasn't somebody that I knew. So that's why I don't always believe all that shit because I'm talking about for that my entire life, by the way. Gotcha, I could probably count gotcha. on one hand how many times somebody incorrectly knocked on my door. I know, right? When that UPS is supposed to common, knock on my door, they don't even knock on my shit. They just drop shit off and burn out. That yeah. shit is not a common occurrence. It, it is not. Yeah, that shit weird. So like you said, it's more of a, a stage than anything. It's like selling fear to the public. Like if there's no fear involved, you have, there's no reason for you to buy this device and pay for this service and all this type definitely, of shit. Definitely, definitely. You just don't want no random niggas walking up with your shit just dropping TVs off. You can drop an iPad off though. I'll take that. Yeah, even I don't need one, but fuck it. I don't need one I don't, either. I've still been debating I'm getting just, one for I'm years now. I can't pawn them. I can't pawn that, that vintage TV. Eventually, you'll probably be able to pawn them hoes. Probably somebody want to buy like vintage shit. Somebody gonna struggle and need it eventually. But Man, damn, you struggling that much? Flat screen, I mean, but like you, 99, That's what I'm talking about. You, that's mean you gonna get that one for about twenty, twenty five. You right. You right. Decent quality too. I mean, depends on what you want. It turns on. That whole do turn on. Get the TV VCR combo. Uh, that whole probably yeah that, yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> you got some classic VHS stuff you need to watch. I do, I do, man, I do. Those I, I, M1 mixtapes. Even those was DVDs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got I got an old VHS one somewhere. You could extract it from YouTube and put it on the CD as well. Too. Oh damn! Yeah, I'm just saying, bro. It's 2019. Damn. But anyways, man, I think I, I had fun recording with you guys as always. It was all right, I guess. Oh wow! <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, we got the job done. Yeah, we got the job done, man. But at the end of the episode, you still a fan of Jay Z, right? 
Yeah, I'm still a Jay Z fan. Yeah, Jay Z going Jay Z, man. Yeah. I, ain't, I ain't mad at him. I'm like, hey, bro, I, I don't, I don't know what it means to be a social justice networking. Is that what he's doing? I don't know what the fuck that means, but my in, in summary, that nigga's doing what he does best, and it's creating another avenue for money for himself. <laughs> Can Jay Z even play basketball or football? Fuck no. So <laughs> the fact that he has sports agencies and he's involved in sports is like, eh, I guess. I mean, you got to diversify your income. I feel it, bro. And that's all he's doing, right? I don't know. You know. And once again, I mean. I'm too worried about my own income to try to count Jay-Z pockets. I, that's words of advice. That's that's what I'm going to say, man. I think y'all motherfuckers out there need to worry about yourselves, man, and what's going on in your own environment, man. Because that billionaire millionaire talk, man, we don't understand that language. Just being honest, man. I don't understand it. I, you know, every every time I think I, I understand something, I, I really don't. I'm pretty sure Elon Musk and them are speaking in a whole other language on a day-to-day basis, even if they are on Twitter. Probably probably sending codes to each other that we, we can't even comprehend because it's, it's big boy talk. So once again, I'm going to just mind my business and make sure that my environment is, is clean and make sure I'm, I, and I understand my environment. And when I'm talking in my environment, I don't need somebody to come through and translate. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, my words of advice: um, Life is what you make it. Take it how it comes. Oh no, bro! I ain't taking that shit. Man. Take it how it comes. <laughs> I ain't taking that. You keep that, Jay. Take it how it comes. And for me, like I say, just cultivate your own constitution. Stand up for some shit that you believe in, and everything else gonna fall into place, man. Definitely got to have your own code out here. Code in the streets. Nah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't a street nigga like that. You're not a street nigga no more. I ain't a street. I ain't, I ain't never been a street. Oh, nigga. Don't, don't try to see here live now, Jay. I ain't never been a street I, nigga. I heard about you, bro. No, man, no. I heard about you, bro. You, you must have heard about the other man. Who? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries When We Feel Like It podcast. Thank you for listening. Go. On. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?